mentally retarded. <laughs> Welcome back to the Renaissance. Little known fact there, Normie, not only is our president a pussy expert, he also knows everything there is to know about uh, diseases. So, lucky us to have him. I don't know. Could be bad. Maybe it won't be bad. (laughs) Who knows? Could go away. The the heat's going to make it go away. Um, If you're sick, Mm. go to work. I I hear that will make you feel better. Um, Mm. Good luck with everything. You know, if only we had something like science to tell us what things really are, but we don't. We got no, no one knows anything. It's a mystery. Spanish Inquisition, Ray, part yeah. three, uh, episode 84. At the end of our last episode, uh, Bubble Boy, we yeah. talked about how uh, oh, this uh, Dominican friar... Hayeda uh, convinced Isabella and uh, Ferdinand, Izzy and Nando, right. that there were s- secret Jews pretending to be Christians, but really secret Jews, running around uh, converting Christians to Judaism. Right. And uh, they had to crack down on that shit. <laughs> so they uh, sent a request to the Rome for a papal inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Pope papal Sixtus authority the, for an inquisition. Right. Pope Sixtus the fourth and his bull, like you were saying last time is going to come out on November 1st, 1478, the creation with, with the creation of the tribunal. So let's get this stuff together because I'd read somewhere that Ferdinand and Isabella were convinced that the, uh, that the inquisition would force the conversos to assimilate into society once and for all. We'll look into it. We'll put a little pressure on them. They will genuinely convert over. Everything will be fine. We just got to, we just got to squeeze them a little bit. Yeah. Now, uh, what do we, what, what do you remember about Pope Sixie? Ooh, oh, no, too many popes. Pope Sixth, Sixty the Fourth, Sixty the Fourth. I don't this remember. Is, this is the same guy who was behind the Pazzi conspiracy <gasps> to assassinate oh. Lorenzo de Medici. So he's a royal cunt of the first degree. <laughs> okay. In four in fourteen seventy eight, uh, he both uh, gave approval for the Spanish Inquisition and Good tried enough. to assassinate Lorenzo de Medici. Don't mess with Well, me. technically, he said, look, I don't want any blood on my hands. Try, no deaths, but, please. Uh, you yeah. do what you got to do, and yeah. I will, I'll get you back, but uh, look, don't kill him. They said, yeah. well, we're going to kill him. We go, ah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> my fingers are in my ears. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't and then tell he excommunicated me. all of Florence and started yes. a war, tried to invade. So that's this guy. That's your man. Right? That's your man. He, yeah. he is also the guy that started the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> he gave approval for it anyway. Good one, Sixtus. Uh, now, as I said in the last episode, Castile was still trying to rebuild after this brutal civil war. Henry the Impotent. Uh, had fought a civil war against the nobility and uh, died, and his uh, half sister Izzy, Izzy the ugly right. uh, bitch, got the throne, and no. uh, it, um, and then she was still fighting civil wars against her. It was brutal, and then she's still yeah. fighting a war against uh, the the last remaining Muslim kingdom, um, Granada, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But there's dissident nobles and clergy. There's a breakdown of law and order everywhere. This mm. is the background towards the Inquisition, right? Right. There, is, there has been this uh, uh, mass slaughter uh, early on, uh, you know, in, in the recent yes. hundred years of Jews, hundreds of thousands of Jews killed, forced to convert, uh, massive civil war, wars against neighbouring Muslim countries, just a breakdown uh, of of right. civil society, Jesus. She has no permanent army, no civil mm. service to speak of. Right. Um, you know they're relying on mercenaries like the Medici and everyone's doing in Italy. Same thing in Spain. No standing armies. You basically right. have uh, mercenaries for hire. Yeah. You know? um, El Cid's not around anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> He's but it's, you know whoever whoever can get the best mercenaries is the best. Yeah. and then we know the mercenaries don't actually like fighting, they <laughs> just stand on the sidelines uh, and give each uh, other hard stares uh, and check uh, it off. Yeah, yeah, they're like bye anyway. Yeah, so uh, she did though sort of build up her sort of local police force militia thing called Santa Hermandad, aka the Holy Brotherhood. Oh. Not a new idea, been around since the 1200s, but she ramped it up. The Holy Brotherhood were kind of like the mafia. They were brutal local militias that protected the towns that they came from. Right. And had a reputation for being corrupt and unreliable and brutal. Basically, you know, they were doing shakedowns. Look, we will protect you if you pay us off. (laughs) And so they'd get paid off, but then they wouldn't really do much to protect you. They were oh, known God. as Los Mangas Verdes, the green sleeves, right. because their body armour covered everything except the sleeves of their green uniforms. Uh, Not to be confused with the medieval ballad green sleeves. Do you know do you know what that is about? Uh no, I do not. Tell me. Well, generally it's thought to be about a dirty whore. Um a dirty, dirty, dirty the best kind. Right. Hmm. Uh, let me find the old version. This is the oldest version of the lyrics I could find. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. For I have loved you well and long, delighting in your 
company. Green sleeves was all my joy. Green sleeves was my delight. Green sleeves was my heart of gold. And who but my lady green sleeves? Your vows you've broken like my heart. Oh, why did you so enrapture me? Now I remain in a world apart, but my heart remains in captivity. Okay, maybe I didn't get that beat right. Yeah, um, well, apparently, apparently, yeah. apparently, yeah. sounds like a love song, but yeah. apparently, apparently, <laughs> the reason she has green sleeves right. is from rolling around on the grass. Fucking whore. Fucking whore. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that came out. You dirty, dirty whore. Your mother is a dirty, dirty whore. No. That is what Green Sleeves is supposedly about. People think it's an old folk romance song. No. no, uh, She's a dirty slut, basically. Can I I just say for me and for all the listeners, that's one more thing you've ruined for us, Cam. Thank you. Mm. That's what I'm here for. Anyway, so they had the green sleeves, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the militia version, not the dirty right. slut versions running around. Right. At Aww. the same time, they, they tried to use a handful of civil governors, corregidors, to enforce the peace and, and punish criminals and thieves and try and restore some public confidence yeah. in the crown. good for them. But it wasn't going too well, quite honestly. Oh. Um, very expensive. A lot of people, you know, when you, when you go and set up militias like that, uh, who watches the watchman? Uh, Ooh, so you basically give these people royal authority in, in towns and villages to do whatever the fuck they want. Right. Um, oh, psychopaths put up their hands and go, I'll do that. And then they just start raping and pillaging right. and brutalizing go, people. And, yeah. They go, Then you need to send somebody to go down and look <laughs> after the... So who puts up their hand to take that job? More psychopaths. They have psychopaths watching psychopaths. Right. Yeah, sorry. What were we going to say? No, I was just going to say this sounds like the equivalent of, uh, so let me get this straight. We're the only ones who are allowed to walk around with weapons and use them in the name of the queen? Gotcha. All right. Thank you very much. Everybody <laughs> else is semi-defenseless. I think I'm perfect for this job. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Jabby and jabby. then from 1482 onwards, uh, Castile was also in a long drawn out on again off again war with the last remaining muslim kingdom of granada the granada war on and off for 10 years jesus yes uh, the it ended also in 1492 when they got rid of columbus and got rid of the jews <laughs> they also got rid of the muslims rid of the big <laughs> year for spain 1492 right <laughs> divine everyone we divine hate yes. muslims jews Gone. and columbus we got Check. rid of them Check. Columbus unfortunately Check. came back. That was never part of the plan. We'd hoped oh. we saw yeah. the map that said there be dragons and we'd be <laughs> sending look, where are you going that direction? Where the dragons are. Right. And unfortunately, turns out no dragons. I, I gotta tell you real quick, uh, I don't know if you're gonna run into this with Fox, but when my girls were younger, they brought home a, a book from school about Christopher Columbus and it said he goes to the new land and he's so impressed with some of the natives that he brings them back. 
which is a nice little spin on capturing people and forcing them against their will to sail for months to be, you know, brought to the queen and, um, I guess, treated any way you want in chains or whatever. But I just loved the the wholesome interpretation that I guess that you give a fifth grader or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'll never mm. forget that. Yes. In colonialism and imperialism alive and well. <laughs> Uh, okay, so th- th- so that's what's going on. So this is all the context for the Spanish Inquisition. There's a lot of bad juju going on in Spain. Uh, civil wars, foreign yes. wars, oppression of the Jews. Um, Exploration, yeah. You know, militias running around causing havoc. And Izzy and Nando looking for opportunities to get control of yeah, the country yeah. and put basically put the fear of God into the country. Yeah, and if you can do that with uh, an inquisition to show the people that you're actually doing something about the quote-unquote problem of the Jews, hopefully that will go towards bringing back stability. Now, I don't... You know, when we think of inquisitions, we think of the Spanish Inquisition, I think. That's the most famous. But inquisitions weren't unusual, uh, at this stage, and you know, it wasn't the first time that royal authorities had asked for authority from the Pope to have an inquisition. Inquisitions were used for all sorts of things. Basically, like in this country, right. we have a, a royal royal commission. In your country, you have a Senate inquiry. That's what an inquisition. Mm-hmm. Was it was gotcha. getting approval from the church to look into things that uh, may be a bit dodgy and involve the church, right? So, an inquisition itself wasn't unusual. And when the crown sanctioned an inquisition into the activities of Judaizers, these corrupt crypto Jew conversos, mm-hmm. they probably thought it was more or less of a routine thing. Like we're just going to have an inquiry. It's basically an inquiry. We're going to have an inquiry into what's going on. You know, just exactly fact finding. No, didn't start off right as we're going to go and torture and kill everyone. It was like, yeah, "Yeah, let's look into it. Let's see if there's anything to it. Would it would it be fair to say? And maybe I'm reading too much into this. That in some ways the royals thought they were actually doing a favor because by looking into this, you can help keep the Christians away from the Jews, and so there's not going to be any more supposedly um, cr- Christians being tricked into convert to, ju- to Judaism. Is it, is it a way, again, not, not with negative connotations, but a way to find out who's who, keep the Christians of your country safe? Again, just trying to find out what's going on. Uh, probably, yeah. Is there any truth to this? How widespread is it? What do we do mm-hmm. about it? Kind right. Of thing. Okay. So the papal bull from Pope Sexy and I Know It, uh, 1st of November 1478, it approved the appointment of two or three priests over 40 years of age to act as inquisitors. And the powers of appointment and dismissal of those priests were granted to the Spanish crown. And then that's all that happens for two years. Right. Now... Hoyeda, the Dominicans, like was acting like this is a matter of grave national emergency. Right. <laughs> We've got to go now. But nothing happens. The Pope right. goes, yeah, all right, 
fine, you can appoint some people, then they don't do anything about it for years. Now, one explanation I read about is uh, the Crown probably didn't want to move too fast on this because they had a lot of Jews uh, or a lot of conversos in prominent positions in their court uh, doing important courty type things. They were running the court and they were like, listen, 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 look, there's this thing. It's coming. It was like a window of opportunity. Listen, if if, I'm not saying you're a fake Christian, but if you or anyone you know is a fake Christian, now might be a good time to to, uh, tie a heavy uh, piece of lead to the skin around the head of your penis drag it back down over the top, uh, uncircumcise yourself. Because, quite honestly, it, things things could be getting sticky. Yeah. Someone's uh, got to chat. Here. Yeah. So they gave them a two-window buffer zone, warning zone. Well, the other part of it is there's a very famous Spanish saying, I don't shit where I eat. If they were to go in there and start turning everything over and looking for Jews, they're going to find out that a, a lot of these people who are questionable, or like you said, are the ones that are working for them. And they're the ones who are also the Jews who did not convert, who are still allowed to be around, pay their taxes directly to the crown. So again, this could just be economic, as we talked about in the last show, this just could be economically bad for the royals. No one willingly shoots themselves in the foot. And so maybe that was a part of it as well, because you're just causing trouble for yourself. And I think there might also be a concern that if this increases, uh, it has an impact on the authority of the royalty. I mean, the the royalty get their authority supposedly from right. uh, God and the Pope at this stage. Right. Don't fuck that up. Uh, yeah, so if you, if people aren't Christians, then maybe this is a threat to the authority of the royal family. Um, I, 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 you know, hard to really understand what their concern was. Like Ferdinand eventually wrote a letter to the Pope in 1483 where he explained why it was important that they get started with this. He said, In recent times, when neither we nor our predecessors took any measures, there was a great increase in heresy and in the risk of its spread, and many who seemed to be Christians were found to be living not simply not as Christians, but even as godless persons. Ooh. Now, it might simply be a genuinely religious motivation. Right. Um, you know, if, if it had been, if the, if the primary motivation had been to have another tool of repressing the people because they're trying to get political stability, why wait for a couple of years? You just crack down straight away. Yeah. Um, so, but it's it, it seems from my reading of it so far anyway that, Izzy and Nando had genuine religious concerns that their own people were straying and for their own good, maybe, they needed to crack down and lead them back to the church. Anyway, on the 27th of September, 1480, the first inquisitors were assigned. These were the Dominicans, Juan de San Martin and Miguel de Morillo Mm -hmm. with Juan Ruiz de Medina as their assessor or advisor. Mm. And the Spanish Inquisition came into definitive existence in 1480. 
Now, it's the most famous prosecution of heresy, but it's not the only one going on at this stage. We talked about the Cathars a little while ago, but there were similar things going on across Europe. For example, in 1401, a new law was passed in England, de heretico comburendo, regarding the burning of heretics. Oh, my God. I, what was that? What year was that? 1401. I thought they had kicked out their Jews in 1290. I guess some of them had come back in in the time in between, and now they have to deal with it again? No, it wasn't the Jews. It was uh, wayward Christians. Oh. The, Henry the Fourth of England was worried about. He passed the law punishing heretics with burning at the stake. The law declared that there were diverse, false and perverse people of a certain new sect. They make and write books. They do wickedly instruct and inform people and commit subversion of the said Catholic faith. Now, this is all about the Lollards, who were the followers of John Wycliffe. We talked about him back in episode 37, November 2018, Ray. God. So tell me everything you remember about John Wycliffe. Uh, Cool name, but that's it. I don't remember anything about him. (laughs) Uh, Well, remember John Hus, who Mm -hmm. was burned at the stake? Uh, He was sort of a follower of Wycliffe. Ah. But Wycliffe was an English priest and an Oxford professor, had written a list of reforms that he believed the church needed. Uh, You know, so this Mm -mm. is going on around about the same times as the burning of the tax of the Jews and all this kind of stuff. It's after the Cathars, um, but, you know, sort of in that century between the Cathars and the massive attacks of the Jews that we talked about earlier. Uh, You know, he attacked the wealth and the luxury and the pomp of the clergy. Mm. He also attacked the temporal authority of the clergy, their ability to give out indulgences, charging simony, uh, you know, charging interest on loans. His great work was uh, on civil dominion, de civili dominio. He called for the divestment of all, all church property, and argued that the church had fallen into sin, should give up all of its property, the clergy should live in complete poverty. Uh, And, you know, basically not that much different from St. Francis of Assisi, the Franciscans and the Dominicans I mentioned before, right? And the Cathars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd tell him, but I don't think he'll agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Same sort of arguments all these people were making. Now, uh, he also translated the Bible into the vernacular so people could actually read it. Oh, church isn't going to like that either. This was the... Well, this is the great sin. King Henry said uh, they make and write books. They do wickedly instruct and inform people, commit subversion. You can't have people reading. If they get to read the Bible, <laughs> the fuck? they'll figure out That's right. it's all complete nonsense. <laughs> then what will happen? Don't give them an iPhone. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's like the, you know, the Mormons still tell, tell people don't read anything on the internet about the church. God. Because we're afraid of what you learn. You might learn something that we don't want you to learn. 
Um, yeah. So he had actually died in 1384, but his followers, the Lollard movement, were a precursor to the Protestant movement. Anyway, in 1415, a good uh, 30 years after he died, he was called a, declared a heretic. His writings were banned and burned. Oh. It was decreed that all of his works should be burned, um, etc. His bodily remains were removed from the consecrated ground. His corpse was exhumed, burned, and the ashes were cast into the river. Jesus. But that's afterwards. So in 1401, De Heretico Comberendo uh, came out. It said that this wicked sect, preachings, doctrines, and opinions should from henceforth cease and be utterly destroyed. And it declared that all and singular having such books or any writings of such wicked doctrine and opinions shall really with effect deliver or cause to be delivered all such books and writings to the diocesan for the same place, of the same place within 40 days from the time of the proclamation of this ordinance and statute. And if any person (laughs) such books in the form aforesaid do not deliver, then the diocesan of the same place in his diocese, such person or persons in this behalf, defamed or evidently suspected of every of them, may by the authority of the said ordinance and statute cause to be arrested. Fucking lawyers. If they fail to abjure their heretical beliefs or relapse after an initial abjuration, they shall be burnt and such punishment may strike fear into the minds of others. (laughs) So... Between between 1423 and 1522 in England, over 500 heresy trials took place, resulting in the burning of only 30 people, really, in 100 years. So it wasn't that big a deal. Murder's murder. Um, Well, yeah, but come on. (laughs) Like, we burned 30 people alive. Come on. Yeah, but the point you're making is from 1401 on, England now has a, the permission to execute heretics. So it's not just punishing or driving a, uh, a what, what do they used to do? They used to put the thing in their cheeks, whatever. Now you can actually kill them for being a heretic. Shortly after 1500, the Bishop of Lincoln set up an inquisition into the heretics of his diocese. Uh, they reckon oh. 342 people were denounced to the bishop as suspected heretics. Wives and husbands <laughs> denounced each other and children denounced their parents. You gotta wonder, like, if Christianity was so good, yeah, and the you know, the punishments of being a heretic were so scary, why were so many people still becoming heretics? Yeah, uh, you it's know, a little weak anyway, right across uh, Europe particularly Northern Europe, particularly like the Czech lands, there were movements and and people and ideas that were considered to be subversive and that the authorities wanted to crack down on. Right. Different case by case, they were different. But the threat of repression was always there and there were inquisitions in lots of different cities and regions of Europe, not just in Spain. But Spain's the big one that we've all heard about, so let's talk more about Spain. 
Well, you mentioned just a second ago husbands and wives and children turning on each other. Uh, I, I think that's uh, you know that must have been an interesting conversation. But but when the Inquisition begins in Spain, when the, the the three men come and the operations actually begin, some of the Jews who haven't converted are going to have no trouble you know, turning in others, either one to avoid blame themselves or maybe to settle a personal score. So it, it's going to be, it's, it's like Rome all over again. It becomes this, this atmosphere of tension and drama and there's ever-present danger all over the place. And it doesn't take much, even an uns, unsubstantiated word, to ruin someone's life or to get them killed. And humans being what they are, even the Jews, this is going to happen. So there's a lot of personal scores settled in this very heightened political uh, time in Spain. Now, I want to make out, uh, I want to make clear again that... Um there's no evidence that modern historians have been able to find that any right. of this Judaizing was going on. But there were writers at the time that were claiming that it was a big, big problem. And this goes right on through to the 16th century. Jesus. Guys like uh, the Spanish Franciscan Catholic Bishop Alfonso de Spina, 16th century uh, writer, early 1500s, he wrote uh, four. Fortalatium Fidel, mm. um, basically talking about uh, these these people that were uh, heretics. He right. was a converso himself from Judaism. But in this book, he claimed that the total number of angels who had sided with Lucifer <laughs> in a revolt against the Lord... Right. It was 133,306,668. That's a pretty exact number. Pretty, pretty specific number. <laughs> and when people asked him how he came up with it, he was like, listen, I don't have time to explain. Like, come understand. and have a look at my yeah. whiteboard, man. Right. Like, it's crazy. You, you'll never get there. Um, when he was asked to provide evidence, he couldn't. He right. could only point to unsubstantiated rumours and allegations. Oh. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't really uh, even any evidence, hard evidence then as far as we know. It's not like even people back then were talking about hard evidence. Right. There wasn't even really pressure for an inquiry outside of a handful of cities. There's a book written in these years called the Albareco, mm -hmm. and it expressly claimed that there were virtually no heretics among conversos in northern Spain as opposed to the south of the country. Oh. Uh, it, it uh, by the way, it gets its name, uh, Al Al the Libro del Albareco, mm -hmm. from the name of Muhammad's horse, Al-Barak. Remember that? Yeah. Al-Barak. It was right. the book of the uh, Muhammad's horse. I don't know why. Uh, well, I actually, I do know why. Because his horse, remember he had this magical horse? Right. It was supposed to be neither horse nor mule, neither male nor female. Sure. So this book was saying the, the insincere converts were neither Jews nor Muslims or Christians. They were... Clever. Something Clever. else. They were just yeah. like Muhammad's steed. Um, 
Anyway, it, it seems that uh, there was sort of this hostility towards these conversos for some reason that led to this whole movement. Not that they were actually doing anything wrong, just maybe a leftover from the anti-Semitism that had happened uh, in previous years. Anyway, whatever well, it was, it, yeah. it was a big deal. Well, I just, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because from what we could tell, they're not causing any trouble. The majority of the people seem to, well, not the majority, some people don't care. Some of the royals don't care because they're getting benefits from the Jews. Um, I, I know the church cares or, or maybe it just looks good to, to be busy, but the, the best thing that I could come up with, because this is like, this is like the climate of a crisis without the crisis. There just doesn't seem to be anything that they have to do to save the day. You almost get the sense that maybe there's like the beginnings of Spanish nationalism, having fought for 700 years, having taken back almost all of your, the Iberian Peninsula, except for Granada down there in the South. Maybe it was just a sense of a spillover or a momentum of, of a sense of there's us and then there's everybody else. And maybe these Jews who weren't Jews, who were supposed to be Christians, but not quite Christians, were just seen as other people. I mean, that's, I know that sounds weak, but that's some kind of nationalistic spirit is the only thing I can think of because there's not a crisis going on that's about to tear the country apart. The country's having troubles, like you said before, but this doesn't seem to be one of them. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be entirely clear to historians what Izzy and Ferdinand's motivation Mm -hmm. might have been. I mean, it's possible that they wanted to use it to consolidate their power. And, and in fact, Ferdinand continued this even after Isabella died. Right. Um, so maybe with the merged empire of Aragon and Castile, he wanted to use this mm. to consolidate his power. But there's really no evidence that he used it in that way. Right. Um, and... It was mostly active in Andalusia, where he wasn't even really the king. Right. So it's it's really quite difficult to understand what he was hoping to kick off with this whole deal. Right. Um, you know, maybe attacking some of the converso elite. Uh, there's no doubt that he, you know, he was religious maybe he did want to convert all of these people or make sure that they were good christians it was as simple as that he and isabella were both fundamentalist zealous catholics but right. as i said before they had lots of like yeah high-ranking jews in their entourage they weren't anti-jewish or anti-semitic right uh, they had converso advisors in their court mm-hmm. uh, right up until the end of their lives so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, one of the theories used to be that they did it as a money grab, right? right. You, you go in and attack these people to take their money like we've seen happen, you know, in many instances before, <laughs> right. like in ancient Rome and the, 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 the treason trials when you wanted to take their shit. Um, but there's no evidence of that either. Now, they did confiscate people's lands and mm-hmm. money um, during the Inquisition, but it also cost a lot of money to run these tribunals. So there doesn't seem to be evidence that 
the fines or the confiscations generated a profit over and above the running costs of the tribunal. Right. So it's it's a it's a it's a tricky thing to work out yeah. what they were trying to achieve. Well, I'm just saying for what's been passed down. You know, like you said, when you think of the you hear the word Inquisition, you think of Spain, and then you also think of torture, rack, blood, guts. You know, killing just just horrible images. And now we're sitting there saying. Yeah, the whole thing seems kind of vague, but uh, there you are. It, it just to me, it makes it more ironic that it's about to get really ugly for these people in Spain, and we still can't really nail down why it was so intense. Just ironic. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> I had to get that in there, I guess, at some point. People would be yes. upset. Um, you don't want to disappoint anybody. No one expects it. No one right. understands the Spanish Inquisition either. <laughs> right. And, the, you know, when you like, in my head, the Spanish Inquisition was mostly about going after witches and pagans and this sort of stuff too, but it, it didn't. It started off yeah. going after secret Jews. Never really realised it started off as a secret Alleg- Jew thing. Alleged yeah. secret Allegedly Jews. Allegedly secret Jews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, we don't even really know if it was supposed to be a long-term strategy or just a purely local, temporary thing. Uh, It doesn't seem that they were looking much further than Andalusia uh, at the the early stages. It was just to ensure religious orthodoxy in that region. For the first five years of its existence, the tribunal was based in Castile, limited its activity to the south, particularly around Seville and Cordoba. And it wasn't thought of as a a nationwide or a Spanish Inquisition. It was a Castilian, Ah. a civilian Inquisition. Right. kind of grew over time. There were no fixed arrangements for financing it uh, long term, no fixed centres of action. Yeah. It was small scale and not a big deal, really, when it kicked off. Yeah. So where in the hell did the momentum and intensity and passion or whatever come from? That's crazy. Well, we will see as we go on. I think uh, maybe a bit of bloodlust, but... um, Good point. You know, yeah. So it kicked off anyway in October 1480 in Seville. Uh, now, as I've said, you know, there have been lots of political conflict in this area for years, civil wars, etc. Um, but Isabella's supporters had managed to impose their authority on this region. So they were able to, you know, bring in these priests that were given control as inquisitors. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, lot of the rebels uh, had been pushed out. A lot of the rebels were conversos. So maybe uh, that had something to do with it as well. Maybe there was a number of conversos that were on the sides of the anti-Isabella faction in Seville um, mm-hmm. prior to this. Right. But uh, one of the f- most famous stories uh, from this early stage is of one of the city councillors who was a converso, Diego de Suzan. Mm-hmm who was supposedly part of a group of rich, influential merchants and political figures that were in the opposition to Isabella's supporters in uh, Seville. 
Now, there's a, a, a story that is passed on about Suzanne, where uh, Diego de Suzanne, where he was at the centre of a plot to stage an uprising Uh-oh. against uh, the Inquisition right. when it came to town. Now, apparently he called together a meeting of uh, the, the, the merchants, the upper class of Seville, the dignitaries, rich and powerful men. Met at Trump Tower. From around the area. Right. <laughs> yeah, they met at Trump Tower. <laughs> These said to one another, what do you think of them acting thus against us? Are we not the most propertied members of the city and well-loved by the people? Let us collect men together. And thus between them they assigned the raising of arms, men, money, and other necessities. And if they come to take us, we, together, with armoured men and the people, will rise up and slay them, and so be revenged on our enemies. Did he go to the Churchillian School of Speech? He did, yeah. Okay, just checking. Or Churchill went to the uh, Diego de Suzanne. <laughs> right. So the story goes on to say that uh, this ri- uprising was going to happen. Unfortunately, Diego's daughter, Uh-oh. Susanna, known as the Fermosa Fembra, Ooh. the beautiful female, wow. had a uh, Christian lover who somehow she thought was going to get mixed up in all of this. Right. So she was uh, banging him and happened to tell him that her father was uh, staging this uprising against the Inquisition. Her lover passed the news on to the authorities. Oh, shit. And her father and all of his friends were arrested and burned alive. Fuck. They burned were just looking alive. out for themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they were going to stage an uprising. Um, and, they, you know, when they arrested them, they found that one of the leaders, Pedro Fernandez Benadeba, uh-huh. uh, had in his house weapons to arm a hundred men. God. Um, and so, yeah. So they were all... Burned alive by the Prominent Inquisition. Men. Right. Uh, when Susanna saw what she had done, she first retired to a convent and yeah. then uh, went and lived on the streets. Uh, and then she was so full with remorse, she died in poverty and in shame. And her last wishes were that her skull would be placed over the door of her house as a warning and example to others. Of what, I'm not sure. Uh, I was going to say, don't fuck before you're married or keep your mouth shut while you're fucking. Keep Either your mouth shut, will work. yeah. Either one of those will mm. work, or both, mm. yeah. Now, uh, there is an historical figure called Diego de Suzanne in Seville. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, he died in 1479 before the Inquisition uh, kicks got started. Right. so and not. He, he had no daughter called Susanna. So not him. Now, so, well, not him. And the, the story is bullshit. This is my point. This is one of the Aww. earliest stories of the Inquisition. Oh. 
And it appears to be fake. So a lot, as it turns out, a lot of the stories that we've heard about the Inquisition passed down to us may in fact, about the torture and the burnings and all that kind of stuff, may in fact be Protestant propaganda designed to make the Catholics look bad. Fuck, you worse can't than even, they already look. You can't even trust the Inquisition. God damn. Nobody trusts the <laughs> Spanish Inquisition. Nobody trusts the propaganda about the Spanish Inquisition. So another Stan and Barry production. I mean, most of it, some of it, a part of it may be bullshit just to make the Catholics look crazy and extreme. Well, although there was uh, real tortures sure. and burnings uh, the first that we know of, uh, the, it's the Ortu de Fe. Ortu right. de Fe, they're known as. The, an act of faith, the Ortu de Fe. Uh, the first of the new Inquisition was celebrated, <coughs> and I use that word Jesus. judiciously, on the 6th of February, 1481. Right. When six men, three men and three women, were burnt at the stake... <sighs> At a ceremony where a sermon was preached by Fra Alonso de Hojeda, Alonso de Hojeda, right? Uh, the guy that kickstarted this whole thing by saying to Izzy, "You know what? Okay. Jews, yeah, got to stop the Jews." Fucking yeah. Um, so six men and women were were burnt at the stake. What? We don't know anything about the details, what they supposedly did, why they were burned, what happened in their trial. Did they get a trial? Right. We don't know anything about it, but they they were burned at the stake. But Alonso de Hoyeda's triumph was short-lived because a few days later the plague hit Seville <laughs> and he was one of the first victims. I think you mean the hand of Jesus. Came to town. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. If it was me, I would have seen that as a sign. But apparently, <laughs> not so much because the Spanish Inquisition right. would live on for another 356 years. Jesus. It what survived if- until 1834. Fuck me. So, Vague beginnings, not sure about its actual execution, and it just kind of no one hits the kill switch, and it lasts for centuries. But it was abolished briefly, right? In eighteen oh eight. Do you know you. who abolished it? Eighteen oh eight. I know Napoleon's around, but who else? I, I don't know who the Pope is. Napoleon took control of Spain oh, in 1808 said, and abolished shit out. You're fucking crazy. The Spanish Inquisition. Fucking Spain. Yeah. But you said it came uh, back. It yeah, well, when t- they got rid of Napoleon, oh, they, they brought, brought it back. It back. Fuck. It was reconstituted <sighs> when Ferdinand VII recovered the throne in 1814. So he gets on the throne uh, and he goes, you know, the first thing we're going to do, bring back bring the Inquisition. Bring back the Inquisition. <laughs> 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 Woo! God. Uh, yeah. And this then is... uh, in 1834, finally abolished by royal decree, mm-hmm. signed by Regent Maria Cristina of the Two Sicilies. 
Oh. Ferdinand VII's widow. Right. And uh, proved by the president of the cabinet, etc., etc. So there you go. Um, Jesus. I had no idea yeah. it lasted that long. Lasted that long. They did try and bring it back again. Uh, <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Uh, didn't, it, you know, didn't quite take. Didn't I mean... <laughs> Franco said he was going to bring it back right. during the Spanish Civil War. Um, but they reckon he said that to get the Vatican on his side during the Civil War. And they were. Because, <clears throat> you know, the Vatican, yes. uh, would, you know. They get hard. Loved a good, yeah. loved a good burning at the stake. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. we will talk more about the Spanish Inquisition uh, next time. We'll get into some more details because, again... The reason for the last three episodes is to talk about heresies and mm-hmm. the, the climate in Europe regarding heresies and inquisitions because we've got to get up to Savonarola when he yeah. takes control of Florence. It make a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. But, but that's all I got for today, Papa Bear. Thank you, as always, for coming on. Thank you, people, good people, for listening. We love you. And as I like to say... Oh, you're my wife now.